This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 217 of our podcast, where we, we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. As we typically do, we have four trends that we will share, along with a recommended reading that goes with each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends and sharing our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Yes, we have four trends that we, over the past two weeks, we flipped bunches of articles into our Flipboard magazine. And uh, we then, just in the last day or so, you and I just kind of poured through everything and figured out what what looked to be the, the trending topics, the four top trending topics. One of the top trending topics is one that comes up for us pretty frequently, teaching strategies and instructional design. We saw articles uh, about things like habits of highly effective teachers, gamification and its popularity in K-12 settings, project-based learning described, innovative ideas for integrating technology from the New York City Schools Tech Summit, and this was mostly designing the instruction uh, that, that made use of some of these tools. However, they're all great articles, but if you can only read one, if you only have time to read one article from the last two weeks, we recommend teaching digital native college students who understand TikTok, but not Microsoft Excel by Lila Burke for EdSurge. And again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anyone's uh, name, any of the uh, author's names. But this was a, a good article. Tim, you flipped this into our, our magazine for us. And it's a great article uh, that, that kind of speaks to a point that you and I have discussed over the years. We're always a little uncomfortable with the, with the concept of a digital native because it suggests somehow uh, that, that there's sort of a particular uh, fluency with the with the entire situation and really it's we divided up saying okay well that's you're yes you're used to receiving information digitally but are you good at producing or manipulating information and data using those tools and that's the thing that kind of comes up in this article is that it's a it's a a reflection on the fact that yes people are very good at this point about using about viewing videos or viewing things via digital means, but they may not necessarily understand how to manipulate a spreadsheet or create a good uh, slideshow presentation, things like that. Pretty basic stuff, but uh, it's a fascinating read. We, we recommend it. Number two, hardware. As predicted, we're getting into we did. <laughs> we, did. we did predict that, and <laughs> it's a trend that often shows up. It's been... It's absent. not hard to predict. That's true. It's, yeah, but it's, it's not, been absent for not, right. Yeah, for a while. But yeah, it's back. But it's not terribly clever on our part. We've no, been we've been no. talking about this for literally for years. That at this time of year we start to see sort of an increase in yeah. hardware presentations because especially things that are um, of interest to consumers. Right. It, and it's becoming. It's starting to go into that part of the it's year. It's the holidays. Right? 
Right. People are starting to people are starting to think about what they might want to get their student or what they might want to get as a student mm-hmm. that's going to help them. So we saw articles. All of them had to do pretty much with um, laptops, which is interesting yeah. in its in and of itself. Best Chromebooks reviewed by Consumer Reports. The Asus ZenBook 17-fold OLED, which was reviewed. Uh, Apple's, well, no, this is not just laptops. Apple's September 7th event um, is imminent. And uh, there was a number of sort of discussions prior to it saying, well, here's what's going to be released. Um, Earbuds, well, now this one's not a laptop either. So I guess I I, I take it back. But it's super cool, though. (laughs) But this This one's super cool. Earbuds that translate in real time the product the product is called the maimanu click s i'm not sure i'm pronouncing it correctly but the earbuds are work just like regular earbuds but they have the added benefit of when synced up to an app as part of your phone or the ecology of your digital system the earbuds will provide a real-time translation of somebody speaking in another language and will also translate back the apple will translate so that you speak in your language a response and text will appear on your phone that that you can read back to somebody or you can just show them and it's in the language that's being translated i i i have to admit i i am jonesing to try this we are very interested i think both of us are very interested in seeing this product uh live and in person however our recommended read does go back to laptops the best laptops to boost your productivity and entertainment by John Martindale for Forbes. This is a really extensive list of uh, laptops and what they are best for. Um, but it's a good read. And is, as, as we often discuss, uh, people like us in our positions, um, I'm assuming many people listening to this podcast are, are asked for their expertise. Some about what's a, what, what's a good laptop for certain things. And this is a, a kind of a good guideline. Right, and funny enough, I was on Monday asked. You were? I was. It's a good thing you had this article <laughs> available to you. Exactly. <laughs> so number three, digital security and citizenship. Over the past couple of episodes, we've kind of reconfigured this or seen this in, in different ways. But this last two weeks, we've seen it Pretty much as uh, as we have sort of I hate to even use the word traditionally, but that it's it's come up often over the over episodes for us, digital security and citizenship combined. There is a report on students purchasing custom term papers. This is not new to anybody who's familiar with uh, high school and college, but that it's so ubiquitous at this point, and it's the the digital the networked world has made it even easier for people to make money selling these term papers and making it easier for the buyers to buy term papers. There's also DuckDuckGo's privacy protecting at duck.com email address program. Now DuckDuckGo, for anyone who's unfamiliar, is a browser that protects your privacy. Uh, basically the, the um, assertion is that it's not collecting any data on you so that you don't wind up. It, it's 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 fairly good, secure way of, of uh, surfing the web um but the at doc at duck.com email address program is new and they are now offering uh sort of a secure uh email address personally i just like the idea of having an address that ends with at duck.com but 
I think it's great. Now, there's an alarming browser bug that was reported in these past two weeks that allows websites to overwrite clipboard content. This happens apparently most often in Chrome, Firefox, and Safari browsers using Chrome uh, operating system. But it's kind of, it's, it's a scary vulnerability because what it allows is the, um, it allows, as soon as you get to the website, you don't even have to click on anything or copy anything to the clipboard. It just writes into the clipboard malicious content. So something to keep in mind and be careful of. However, our recommended read in this area has mostly to do with citizenship in particular, although that it is an aspect of security. The article is called Scanning Students' Rooms During Remote Tests is Unconstitutional, Judge Rules, by Emma Bowman for NPR. Uh, in a nutshell, a chemistry student at Cleveland State University was asked to show his virtual proctor the room in which he was taking the test. This room was his bedroom, and the data was stored on one of the school's third-party proctoring tools. There are so many things wrong with that right. paragraph that I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. And the judge felt the same way. Right. So uh, it's an important it's an important read for all of us who are who are talking about proctoring or um, you know online security. Um, number four, digital learning tools. This is a bit different. We've seen this in the past, but I think it was like years ago that we saw this. But this is an interesting, this past two weeks, we've seen, these articles might be placed in other areas as well, but that overall, it looked like a trend of, that just talking about the software and hardware and the strategies to employ these things in instructional settings, not so much for inst as instructional tools, although that's what they're they're meant to do, but the idea of just like how to place them in the setting for use. So, for example, an article on preparing hybrid learning environments. Uh, there's also an article on developing effective digital learning strategies overall, and it was basically the results of an Educause quick poll, which was uh, asking does your Institute of Higher Education have a digital learning strategy, a plan for making use of digital tools? And the answer was kind of overwhelmingly, we don't. Um, there's also one-to-one uh, um, -one device program challenges, a report back on using uh, having a one-to-one -one program in a K-12 setting. Virtual office hour issues, uh, how to make best use of virtual office hours and the challenges of getting started with that. A list of eight YouTube channels that are as good as college-level courses. This was an article in Essence magazine, and it was reflipped a number of times. So we, we mentioned it here, wanted to highlight it. Um, recommended social-emotional learning sites and apps. Using EdTech to engage introverted learners. All of these are great articles, but our recommended read in this area is the number of ed tech tools school districts use has almost tripled. That's a problem. By Allison Klein for Education Week. To quote directly from the article, the average number of tech products school districts access in a given month has almost tripled over the last several years, from 548 during the 2017-2018 school year to 1,417 during the 2021-2022 school year, according to a report released this month by Learn Platform. 
this is a huge increase. Yeah, that, it's a big one. It's a big there, one. And there's a lot of issues related to that, right? It, there are. I mean, this article could almost kind of go under the subheading trend of, of security and citizenship. Right. Because this many different types of tools um, is very difficult to keep kind of a secure tr- track of within a, a learning uh, setting in, a, in any in any school. Um, it's also a hardware software challenge. Uh, and it can be a teaching challenge. Just it how can. many different mm-hmm. tools can you possibly, uh, you know, try to coordinate effectively with your with your students? So yes, it's a good recommended. It's a good it's a good read. We think, and we highly recommend it as one of the four. If you can only get to four readings, this should be one of them. Um, that's it, Tim. That's our four trends and our four recommended readings. Thanks, Abby. Now we turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about those trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. We have some typical ones yes. right, that we, we, we normally see. We talked about one of them, hardware. Hardware, we, think we we're expect to continue see to see that. Yes, yes. And digital learning, we expect to see. This, this has been a very interesting couple of weeks for that, but it right. seems to make sense that we would be seeing more about this. Um, ID and teaching strategies. I always, we say this, right? We always say <laughs> oh, ID yeah. and teaching strategies, and, but we typically say it with some hope. Right. Like we're, we're sort of we're hopeful, hopeful about this one, always. This. I mean, it's near, near and dear to our hearts. We're always hopeful so about we're, that. We're not really sure that that's appearing in the crystal ball, or maybe we're just hopefully imagining right. that it will come up in the future. Now, one thing that has kind of comes up sporadically, but hasn't in the last few months, is research reports as yes. a trend. I mean, we'll see one or two here and there, but there have been times when we've seen a great many research reports and it becomes a trending topic. I I don't know what to say, Tim. I think we're kind of at, you know, from looking looking over the years we've done this, it's we're getting to, towards that part in the year where I believe we'll start seeing more where we okay. they trend. Yes. I think it's, you know, the academic year has started again. Yes. For, and people have written over the summer. It's right. it, it's not uncommon for people who are involved in this kind of activity to take the summer to to polish a manuscript to submit to these research journals. Yeah, and, and then we, we normally see in the spring where, uh, at, at least in the in the U.S., there are a lot of research uh, conferences happen yes. in the spring, and so we, we see an increase in the spring, too. So I, I think I think we'll start to see more. It's coming Hopefully, up on the horizon. Not, maybe not this episode, but as we start moving towards the end of the year, into the spring for sure, we'll see more research reports. I hope so. I always think that those are very helpful. But we're, yes, so we're, we're hoping to see that. That's another we one. Maybe in that of, season, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, Tim, that's it. That's, that's, our, that's what we've got for the crystal ball. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 217 of our podcast. We'd like to thank our followers and viewers of our Flipboard magazine. And of course, we'd like to say we appreciate everyone who listens and subscribes to our podcast. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air September 22nd. This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green, 